0: The National Broadcasting Company presents The Big Show.
1: Hey, everyone. This is Mindy. Thanks for listening to another episode of Old Time Radio. Next up on The Big Show, we have episode 20. This one aired March 18th, 1951. And we have not one, but two of the most culturally significant African-American women in American entertainment history. Not one, but two. The first and who is featured heavily throughout this program is Ethel Waters. Uh, this woman, first of all, she was tall, 5'9 for that time when people weren't as tall. Very tall woman. I'm a tall woman in a time when people are tall, 5'11. So shout out to all the tall ladies listening. But Ethel had an amazing life and career Uh, An extraordinarily hard childhood. She married at 13 and left her husband when she was quite young because he was abusive and moved them around constantly. So she didn't have a lot of stability growing up or even a place she would consider home. At 17, she attended a costume party in a nightclub and sang a couple of songs and was offered a job at the Lincoln Theater in Baltimore because of that. Unprepared, completely impromptu performances landed her a job where I believe she doubled her income from cleaning houses. So that was the start of Ethel Waters' career. What followed was extraordinary. So she was one of the performers in the Harlem Renaissance from the 20s. In 1927, she became the first black woman on Broadway and then later became the highest paid performer on Broadway. In 1933, she recorded Stormy Weather which has since gone on to be placed in the National Recording Registry of the Library of Congress. In 1939, she was the first African-American, male or female, to star in her own television show, which was on NBC. She was the first African-American to be on television at all, it is believed. 1949, she's only the second black woman nominated for an Academy Award for the film Pinky. In nineteen fifty she again stars in her own television series on abc it's called beulah nineteen sixty two nominated for an Emmy for the show route sixty six and in her final years, she actually became quite religious and toured frequently with Billy Graham on his famed crusades, which put her in the gospel and Christian music halls of fame and was so iconic she had a commemorative stamp made of her in nineteen ninety four That is quite a journey. Uh, And there's so much more in between all of those highlights, Uh, but she's really, really one of the most significant African-American entertainers in American history, followed by yet another one, Ella Fitzgerald. Sadly, this is the only time she's here and she's not featured quite as heavily as Ethel Waters was, but Ella Fitzgerald, I believe we still all know she's the first lady of song, queen of jazz, Lady Ella, pick your nickname. She had multiple. At this point in her career, she had already recorded seven songs with the ink spots. Four of them were number one hits. And probably the ones most familiar would be I'm Making Believe and Into Each Life, Some Rain Must Fall. She was obviously known for swing, known for scat. She's already famous here. She's already got Success. Um, People will know who she is in 1951, but the majority of her career that we all kind of know now comes in the following decades. So her recordings with Louis Armstrong, Duke Ellington, that comes later. Movie appearances are picking up in the 50s for her. Ella will go on to make multiple television appearances throughout the 60s. She records music pretty much up until she dies in 1996. Like she really was a lifelong performer her career ended up in 13 grammys and a lifetime achievement award in 1967 she was the very first african-american female to win in the inaugural grammys which was in 1958 kennedy center for the performing arts medal of honor national medal of art naacp's inaugural president's award presidential medal of freedom etc etc Etc. It goes on and on for Ella Fitzgerald. So those are our two icons here. But then we have somebody else that needs to be noted Eddie Fisher. This is his only appearance on the big show. And they make reference that he's leaving for the army. By 1951, Eddie's only about two years into his career, but he was an instant sensation and success on Eddie Cantor's show. And so 1951's here. He's huge. He's you know, already just exploding. He gets drafted by the army <laughs> like so many of them did. And, uh, it's 1951. He gets sent to Fort hood, Texas for basic training. He does serve a year in Korea from 52 to 53. He's the official vocal soloist for the U S army band, which is assigned at Fort Myer in Washington, DC. So a safe location, but it's a short stint in the army discharged in 1953. And he picks up right where he left off. He serves his country and has almost no damage to his career. (laughs) He served his time there and served us a second time by fathering Carrie Fisher, Princess Leia. So we thank him for his service in that as well. And that came from his marriage to Debbie Reynolds. And I think we all know Eddie Fisher became a tabloid. Sensation because he left Debbie Reynolds for Elizabeth Taylor and that whole thing. But here he's, uh, that was before all of that. He's just brand new, just a baby in his career at this point, about to be shipped off to service country. So this is one of those times where the program reaches just even higher than we're used to hearing in terms of the caliber of talent. From March 18th, 1951, this is the super duper wow big show.
2: You're about to be entertained by some of the biggest names in show business. For the next hour and 30 minutes, this program will present in person such bright stars as.
3: Fred Allen, Phil Baker, Johnny Burke,
4: Eddie Cantor, Eddie Fisher,
5: Ella Fitzgerald, Portland Hoffa,
4: Jan Pierce,
5: and Ethel
2: Waters, Meredith Wilson. And my name, darlings, is Tallulah Bankhead. <laughs>
0: National Broadcasting Company presents the Big Show.
6: So listen, America, the curtains up, America.
7: We're going to
6: fill your heart of stars.
0: The Big Show, ninety minutes with the most scintillating personalities in the entertainment world, brought to you this Sunday and every Sunday at the same time as the Sunday feature of NBC's All Star Festival. And here is your hostess the glamorous, unpredictable Tallulah Bankhead.
2: Well, darlings, it's amazing how the Big Show has caught the fancy of everyone, including even the youngsters. The other day, I was walking in the park and I overheard two darling little children. Oh, they looked so beautiful in their neat little outfits. And one said to the other, let's play Tallulah Bankhead. <laughs> and the other one said, all right, I'll be Tallulah and you be Bankhead. <laughs> oh, they're the cutest little boys I ever saw. <laughs> and then they started playing. One of them said to the other, well, sir, Miss Bankhead, Now don't tell me you're only eight years old. You've already got your second teeth. And the other one said, my first teeth fell out because I ate too much candy and cake and ice cream and sugar donuts. And the first one said, oh, aren't you sweet? (laughs) Well, after about an hour and a half of this, one of the boys picked up a baseball bat and started hitting the other little boy over the head. Well, I rushed in and said, what are you doing, darling? What are you doing? And the child said, nothing. I'm just ringing his
6: chimes. (laughs) Well,
2: if that's playing Tallulah Bankhead. Well, it's all your own fault, Tallulah. What do you mean, my fault, Eddie Cantor? (laughs) Tallulah, I just
4: want to say that in only 19 short weeks, You and the big show have become the talk of the
2: entire radio industry. Really, darling? Well, that's nice to hear, Eddie. Thank you. And
4: now, may I offer just one little criticism? No.
2: And now, ladies and
4: gentlemen... Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What do you mean, no? Since when did you start saying no? I have a little criticism to make, and I think it will help the program. Nothing will help this program, darling.
2: (laughs) I mean, we don't need any help.
4: Well... (laughs) It's just something that everybody around town is saying You're not treating your guests with the dignity they deserve For instance, a couple of weeks ago, Ethel Merman was on the show She sang a song And when she finished and she got big applause, you said Thank you, Ethel Merman, better luck next time <laughs> Now, is that nice?
6: Well,
2: what's wrong with wishing someone luck? Well, why didn't you just say thank you, Ethel? You are simply wonderful And perjure myself <laughs>
5: Well,
4: maybe you ought to get out of radio and come into television We're all in it All the big stars are on Channel 4 You better get into the swim, the water's fine
2: That's not what I hear about the channel I've been watching television lately And all I see is a lot of old Easterners
4: No, 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 no. you mean old Westerners
2: I mean old Easterners Edwin Durante Cantor Yeah, now
4: <laughs> you, you watch my show next Sunday I've got a very effective finish, something new The camera is never on anybody's face You just see a lot of people's hands (laughs) It's uh, it's broad comedy, but very funny
2: Sounds like an Abbott and Costello routine
4: (laughs) No, just Costello
2: (laughs) No, Eddie, radio's good enough for me
4: Well, I guess you're right, Tallulah After all, radio was my first love and there's nothing like radio.
2: Ah, oh, that sounds mighty like a song, Hugh, darling, and I suppose there's no stopping you singing it. That's right. Okay, Meredith, darling, if you please.
4: Oh, 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 there's nothing like radio for having a wonderful time. Who cares about watching a girl do the hula? I get a bigger thrill from the voice of Tallulah. Oh, 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 I still love the radio, although television is fine. A wife, if she's truthful, will make this admission. Against those plunging necklines, there's too much competition. Oh, 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 there's nothing like radio for having a wonderful time. Oh, 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 there's nothing like radio For having a wonderful time You turn on the dial, have the time of your life You'll find young Doc Malone there with John's other wife And oh, 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 I still love the radio I think that the big show is fine While looking at TV, though she may deny it a woman sees those recipes and mm-hmm. goes her diet. Oh, 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 there's nothing like radio for having a wonderful time. Ah, uh, do you remember radio of 20 years ago? The Chasing Sanborn Hour with Rubinoff and his violin? Huh? Rubinoff, in those days, he was the only mad Russian we had to worry about. Uh. <laughs> Yes, and the sensational singer. Then was a girl called Vaughn de Leith, remember? That was radio. Today on television, there's another girl who sings, a sensation. Her name is Virginia Hill. Oh.
6: <laughs> and
4: the big song hit on radio 20 years ago, I had the good fortune to introduce. It went like this. Potatoes are cheaper, tomatoes are cheaper. Now the time to fall in love. Why the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, gave their price a downward shove. Grab yourself someone to fry your eggs and bacon, too. She can live just like a queen on what you're making. You'll find in sunshine or trouble, you're better off double. Now's the time to fall in love. Oh, 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 I still love the radio. Tallulah is really divine. Next Sunday on TV for Colgate, I'll be playing. And when you see this face of mine, I'm sure you'll be saying, oh, 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 there's nothing like radio for having a wonderful time.
2: Thank you, Eddie Cantor. That was, without a doubt, the greatest song I ever heard. You are, without a doubt, the greatest singer I have ever heard. And I don't know when I've been more entertained than by your superb voice singing that superb song. Well, thank you, Tallulah. And better luck next time. (laughs) Wait a minute, Eddie. There you go again. Didn't you like my singing? That's your cue, kid. Wait a minute. Didn't you like my singing? <laughs> Eddie, you know I love you, and everybody has loved your singing for many years. But, now, Eddie, be quiet. We have a singer on the program this week whose voice is really <laughs> magnificent. That can be none other than a star of the Metropolitan Opera, Mr. Jan Pitts. Alexander, I was delightfully surprised when they told me you were going to be a guest on our program tonight.
8: And I am delighted myself because I've just recorded for RCA Victor a song which was composed by Meredith Wilson.
2: Oh, really, darling? What, what, What song is that?
8: May the good Lord bless you and keep you.
2: Oh. Our closing signature. You know, we've had thousands of letters asking us to have someone sing May the Good Lord Bless and Keep You as a solo, uh, quite aside from splitting up among the cast at the end of the show. Would you sing it for us now, Jan? I'd be glad to. And this will add to its effectiveness. I'll sing it with you. How's that?
3: Uh, uh, you'll have to excuse me, but I have a severe case of
8: laryngitis. <laughs> and here is a letter from my doctor. I can't sing the song with you because it might tend to incriminate me.
2: Oh, that's a shame. I was only kidding, darling, about singing it with you.
8: Oh, suddenly my laryngitis cleared up.
2: Trapped again. Oh, by the way, do you know Meredith Wilson? Well, sir, uh, Miss Bankhead. Oh, I see you know him. All right, Meredith, play it for him. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jan Pierce singing his RCA Red Seal Victor recording of Meredith Wilson's May the Good Lord Bless and Keep You.
8: near or far away. May you find that long-awaited golden day today. May your troubles all be small ones and your fortune ten times ten. The good Lord bless and keep you Till we meet again May you walk with sunlight shining And a bluebird in every tree May there be a sea Back of every cloud you see, fill your dreams with sweet tomorrows, never mind what might have been. May the good Lord bless and keep you till we meet again. May the good Lord bless and keep you till we meet, till we meet again. May the good Lord bless and keep you, whether near or far away. May the good you wish for others shine on you today. May your heart stay tuned to music that will cheer the hearts of men. May the good Lord bless and keep you till we meet again. May you long recall the rainbows, then you'll soon forget the rain. May the warm and tender memories be the ones that will remain. Fill your dream. What have been, may the good Lord bless and keep you till we meet again.
2: It is a privilege to welcome to the big show a very old friend, a distinguished artist whose thrilling life story, recently published under the title His Eye is on the Sparrow, is moving swiftly into the bestseller class. Our eyes are on, our hearts open to Miss Ethel Waters. Ethel made her first dramatic triumph in the theatre on the night of January the 3rd, 1939, in the role of Hagar in Dorothy and DuBose Haywood, Mamba's Daughters. Ethel recreates now one of the most moving scenes from that play. Here is Ethel Waters and Mamba's Daughters.
6: Oh,
7: Lord, sound the trump of the judgment.
2: Daughters is the story of Negroes who work on the plantation of the Wentworth family near Charleston. A story of Mamba, her daughter Hagar, and Lissa, her granddaughter. It is the story of Big Hagar, whose great love of Lissa has made her sacrifice her own life that her daughter can be spared the fate of Mamba's daughter and win recognition for the gifts God gave them both. Our scene opens upon the eve of Lissa's triumph her debut in her own radio program from New York. On the threshold of this great moment for Hagar, she has come to the commissary of the plantation to consult the owner, St. Julian Wentworth, known respectfully as Mr. Saint. We hear Ethel Waters recreating the role of Hagar in Mambo's Daughters.
9: Why, Hagar, not at prayer meeting?
10: No, sir, Mr. Saint. This is singing night on radio, this big night. You ain't here?
9: Oh, this is the night. Well, I meant to hear that myself. Maybe I'll get to Charleston in time for the last part of it. You want to hear it over my radio?
10: If you please, sir.
9: Is it time?
10: It begin 9 o'clock.
9: In 12, 13 minutes. Well, this is the big night, isn't it, Hagar? The night you planned and worked for all these years.
10: That's the truth, Mr. Saint.
9: Daughter's a star now. Isn't it about time for you to stop working so hard and go back to town and live with Mamba?
10: Oh, Mr. Sane, I'd be a field hand so long I done clean for good (laughs) city way. And if I ain't working hard like the other people is, I got too much time for Tink. And like Mal always say, the good Lord ain't mean for me, Tink.
9: Tell me the truth, Edgar. After the way you and Mamba slaved for her, doesn't that girl of yours send you any money?
10: There never was a gal do better by she-man, Grandma. Why, that little gal can't send enough. Just a month before last, she sent me $1,000.
9: Hager, you and I have always been friends. I know what you buy. You're living on less than any hand on the plantation doing the work of two men. Why don't you tell me the truth?
10: But it's the truth, Mr. Saint. Here, this letter come five days ago. This is what she put in them. Read them. Count them.
9: Ten, ten dollar bills, a hundred dollars. Well, for heaven's sake, Hager, buy yourself some food and some new clothes. You used to be always admiring the new dresses in this store when you couldn't afford them. And now you can't afford them. You're always in rags. Oh, uh, well, Mr.
10: St., I in very great trouble.
9: Bad news in that letter, Hager? I
10: ain't no, sir. Can't read them.
9: you want me to read it to you?
10: If you please, sir. Listen, no, I can't read them. She always send letter to Mayor. Mayor get Gardenia read them for we. But this time she say it for me, not for Mayor. And I ain't know what it say.
9: You had it five days?
10: I asked Willie May to read them for me. But, well, you'll see, sir.
9: Dearest mother, get someone you can trust to read this letter to you. It's just for you, not for Grandma.
10: That's what Willie May say. And I think it's something special, so I would take them away from she.
9: You trust me, don't you, Hager?
10: Sure, I trust you, Mr. Saint.
9: Mother dear, after the way you and Grandma have worked for me, it would break my heart to have you think me ungrateful. It's been the dream of my life to give you everything you could want, but how can you want so much? In the last four months, I have sent...
10: Better not read them, Mr. Saint.
9: Well, who is to read it, Hager?
10: Excuse me, sir.
9: I have sent Grandma $3,000... I thought you would consider that a fortune, but every letter asks for more. There must be something Grandma is not telling me. I am wondering if she has made up her mind to collect all my money and put it up for my old age. If so, she is wrong. They are trying to put me across as a big star, and that costs money. They want me to be seen in gorgeous clothes and live in a fine apartment. Mother, dear, try to persuade Grandma to live on what you have for a few months. Then I can send more. Don't forget to be listening to me next Wednesday night. I'm putting in some spending money just for you. Your devoted daughter, Lissa. Well. Uh, you don't want to tell me anything?
10: Better give me a letter, Mr. Saint.
9: Is Mamba banking the money?
10: Oh, yes, sir. She think Lissa spent them too fast. She put them in bank
9: for she. Why do you say you trust
10: me? Mr. Saint. I lay my life in your hand for safekeeping, but my Lyssa, she
9: all I got. I'd like to help. Well, I'll turn on the radio for you. But what do you do with the money, Hager?
10: I give them to Gilly Bluton. Gilly Bluton? Why? to, To keep he dirty, rotten mouth from opening.
9: He's been blackmailing you? you been paying him not to tell something. Yes, sir. What?
10: About Lissa, baby.
9: Lissa had a baby. Yes. Where is it,
10: Mister Saint? I tell you the God truth. I do everything to save that baby. Me and Mad do everything. We know how. Mad know how to catch baby. And that baby ain't die cause everything ain't done for him. It die cause when Lissa carry him, she grieve, fret, won't eat. So when that baby born, he's so puny, he only live an hour. But we do every God thing to save him. I swear we do, Mr. Saint. Lissa had a
9: baby and Gilly Bluton's the father? How could such a thing happen? <sighs> My Lissa, she's good.
10: But one night, she go to dance with Gardenia. Gilly Bluton follow she never drink liquor for, and she...
9: You've been paying him to keep his mouth shut?
10: He say it very strange about how come that baby dying so secret. He say the police want to know about how come that baby died.
9: How long has this been going on?
10: Well, he start come around. Soon as he find out Lissa got fine jobs singing on radio. He say, give him thousand dollars. He won't say nothing, nobody. We give him. He come back and say, give him another thousand. We give him. He say he ain't come back no more. We think he ain't come back no more. But he always come back.
9: Hager, why didn't you come to me before? How many of your friends out here have doctors when their babies are born? They have midwives. And if Mamba's been acting as a midwife, why, Gilly Bluten would have had better sense than to have even made the charge. He was just taking you for a ride.
10: Uh, you mean we ain't got to give him all that money? Certainly
9: not. At least, suppose you tell me just what happened.
10: Well, sir, so just after, after Gilly.
9: Yes, I understand.
10: We sent Lissa to New York, teach her right back and say she gonna be fine singer. Then my Lissa find out she gonna have baby. She ain't one folks in New York, know. So may I bring them back to Charleston? She hide in Mamba Room till time come. Then Mayor brings she down here to Viney Cabin. The baby born down here in Viney Cabin. Mayor gonna raise it, but it ain't live. So, we bury
9: it in the woods. Say nothing. You mean you never reported the death of the baby?
10: Oh, we ain't. No, that matters, son. everybody know about my lesson. Well, didn't you know you could be tried for murder? That's what Gilly Bluton say. He say if we ain't come close, he gonna have
11: us frying in the electric chair, Mr. Friar. Hager, Hager. <laughs> What evidence has he got?
9: What proof? He <laughs> find
10: out somehow when Lissa go back to New York. He dabble old Viney till she get weak in the head and tell him. Then... You put down writing. Viney put you back on him.
9: Well, there's no use trying to fool you. He's got you on the spot. Well, hello, it's past time. We're missing the great moment. We, we'd better turn on the radio.
10: Way down south, my mother is listening to me tonight. And on this, the biggest night of my life, I want her to hear me say, Mother, I owe this all to you. That... That's something they write in play, ain't it?
9: No, Hager. She said it straight to you.
10: Thank you, Lisa. That mighty sweet of you, baby. Stormy
6: weather since my man and I
10: ain't
12: together. Keeps <laughs> raining
4: on.
9: Hager, don't worry over Gilly too much. There must be some way to stop his mouth. We'll have to think hard.
10: Yes, sir. We got a fine way keep him mouth shut.
9: Well, good night, Hager. Yes, sir. Lock up when the concert's over.
10: Yes, sir. Gilly Bluton, listen, got fine way. Keep your mouth shut. I find way. Keep your mouth shut. When he went away, the blues walked in and met me.
6: If he's there. Oh,
7: Lord, sound the trump of the judgment.
2: Oh, thanks to the one and only Ethel Waters for her magnificent and heartbreaking performance. And to a brilliant assist by Martin Blaine as Mr. Saint. Ethel, darling, come here a moment. I want to talk to you. First, I want to congratulate you on the great success of the book you've just written. Now, what's the name of it again, darling?
10: His Eye is on the
2: Sparrow. Oh, yes. What a wonderful title. It's the story of your life, isn't it, Ethel? Right. Oh, I'm going to write a story about my life, too. All my romances. <laughs> really? Really? And when are you going to write it, Tallulah? Well, darling, I'm still gathering material. (laughs) But I I work on the book every night. Oh, no. (laughs) Uh Uh-uh.
10: Not every night. I saw you at the Copacabana the other night with a tall, handsome gentleman.
2: Oh, yes. I was working on Chap (laughs) 9. That's nice research work. Oh, I adore writing this book. If all the men who are mentioned in it buy it, it's bound to be a bestseller. And I have the loveliest idea for a cover for the book. A fireproof cover, I suppose.
10: I'm sure your book, you'll use for your book.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What's it going to be, darling? (laughs) One of the biggest fiction sellers of all time, Ethel Why, Ethel, it is not fiction This is gonna be the story of my life (laughs) Thank you for taking my
10: line, too (laughs) (laughs) I know, but who's gonna believe it? I got a big thrill out of seeing my book in the stores all over the country
2: Oh, darling, that must be quite a thrill And I'm gonna travel, too, all over the United States and see my book on sale in every city in the country Of course, I never go to Boston anyway. (laughs) (laughs) And then when they sell it to the movies, you'll get another thrill. Yes, Ethel. And this time, when they make a story all about me, I'll play it myself. Wilson, is orchestra and chorus. I take just a moment before we continue to say that this is NBC, the national broadcasting company.
0: Show. This is the National Broadcasting Company's Sunday Extravaganza with the most scintillating personalities in show business. The Big Show, the Sunday night feature of NBC's All-Star Festival, is brought to you by Chesterfield, the cigarette that has for you what every smoker wants, mildness with no unpleasant aftertaste, the cigarette that brings you Bing Crosby and Bob Hope, and by the makers of Anacin, for fast relief from the pain of headache, neuritis and neuralgia, And by RCA Victor, world leader in radio, first in recorded music, first in television. The big stars in this program are Fred Allen, Phil Baker, Johnny Burke, Eddie Cantor, Eddie Fisher, Ella Fitzgerald, Portland Hoffa, Jan Pierce, Ethel Waters, Meredith Wilson and his big show orchestra and chorus. And every week, your hostess, the glamorous, unpredictable Tallulah Bankhead.
2: Well, darlings, you'd be amazed at the petty jealousies which spring up when we bring together a lot of stars to do the big show. Of course, this isn't true of all stars. Only those in the theatre, motion pictures, radio and television. (laughs) To say nothing of that new medium, Investigation. On this week's program, we have two grown-up men who have done nothing but quarrel like, well, like two grown-up women. I take it
13: that you are referring to me, Miss T. Brockman-Bankhead?
2: Yes, you, Fred Allen. (laughs) I certainly do mean you, Fred. You and one of our Mm -hmm. other guests, Phil Baker. Now, what could you possibly hold against Phil?
13: Well, a gun would be nice. <laughs> or possibly a hot shish kebab. Oh,
2: <laughs> now, Fred, that's not like you, darling. Well,
13: <laughs> no, it, it's, not, it's not Phil personally that I object to, you understand. We're really very good friends. I like Phil. I don't care what anybody says. And they are saying it, to Lua. <laughs> but you see, I used to have a program on radio, and I was going along nicely with a high Hooper rating, a crew haircut and all of that, <laughs> until one day somebody put a quiz show on another network opposite my program. And in one season, my rating dropped to nothing, and I became quite ill. I developed what is known as Hooper tension.
2: Yes, but that wasn't Phil's quiz show. That was another one. Are you against all quiz shows?
13: No, only those that people win money on. Oh, I can tell you a tragic story of how a quiz show brought about a great disaster, Miss Bankhead. Would you like to hear it? Not particularly, no. (laughs) thank you. I shall be glad to. (laughs) This is a true-to-life story taken from the files of Mr. Keene, tracer of lost ratings. It concerns a simple middle-class family of three, living happily in Shelby, Montana. A sweet little old lady, her husband, and their pretty 18-year-old daughter. Life was good. The father had a comfortable job in the Montana State Prison as hangman. (laughs) He owned his own rope. It was all clear profit. The daughter was going with a nice young fellow who worked at the bank by day and worked at the blacksmith shop at night. He was learning to be a forger. (laughs) And the sweet little old lady was content to stay at home and make their modest little ivy-colored bungalow a hideout for itinerant gangsters. This was a typical, happy, normal American family. And then one day the phone rang and the sweet little old lady answered a question on a quiz program. Well, she was right. She won 12 rumba lessons, a trip halfway around the world, a deluxe model Piper Cub airplane, and $3,500 in cash. Well the daughter took the rumba lessons, got mixed up with a South American dance instructor who wore wedgies. When last heard of, the daughter was dancing dressed in seaweed in a low-tide waterfront saloon in Ecuador. <laughs> at low tide only. <laughs> the, father, the father took the trip halfway around the world and is now stuck in Bombay, India. <laughs> he makes a little money selling chutney by appointment there. <laughs> and running errands for for the foreign legion when (laughs) errands come up. And the little old lady left alone in the uh, ivy-covered cottage with her deluxe model Piper Cub airplane, tried to back the plane into her garage. Well, hospital bills and repairs ate up the $3,500. And she's now working in her sister's beauty shop in Sedalia, Missouri and doing very well.
2: Yes, but who can be that lucky? First? Well, that's what
13: I mean, to Louis. You have grasped my intent there. Now, look, shh, quiet. Yes. There's uh, Meredith is uh, listening. Oh, uh, I happen, <laughs> I happen to have here a list of questions and answers. Phil Baker is going to use on his quiz program later tonight.
2: Oh, you borrowed them from Phil, huh? Who
13: borrowed them? I stole them. <laughs> I novacaned his pocket
6: feel <laughs>
13: Now you, Tallulah, you take this list and memorize the answers They're easy, look, look at this first one uh-huh. Who invented the cotton gin? Eli Whitney uh-huh. Who invented the phonograph? Thomas Edison mm-hmm. Why well, you can win $64 very easily Oh, no, I wouldn't
2: take money that way like Well, if that.
13: you don't want to take the money You can donate it to a charitable organization Of which I happen to be a charter member the Society of Underprivileged Radio Gentlemen for Retired and Poverty-Stricken X-Stars. Or, as it is more commonly known, the S-O-U-R-G-R-A-P-E-S.
2: <laughs> Sour grapes are worthy yes, cause. Yes, friend. it is. The whole bunch All of right, darling, so and have. while I'm learning these answers, how about some music by Meredith Wilson and his orchestra? Well, that number I heard you rehearsing this morning, darling. Here comes the springtime.
6: Here goes... Uh...
7: comes the springtime and there goes my heart Totally, heartily, hey. All my resistance is falling apart Totally, heartily, Haiti
6: Sweet evening breeze, go away if you please Lilacs and smilacs and hand me
7: Fresh morning dew, you are soaking me through With feelings that don't understand time and there goes my heart time springtime and there goes my heart. Totally, highly, hayy. All my research seems to up and depart. Totally, Gambling lamb, I invite you to scram. You heifers, please stop with that low wing. Lightning bugs like my libido each night. Hey, hummingbirds, watch where you're going. The lovebirds will start Hoardly, hey Here comes the springtime And there goes my heart Hoardly, hidely Hoardly, hidely Hoardly, hidely Isn't it far? Here comes the springtime And there goes my heart Here I'm hoping you
2: Here comes the springtime, and if spring comes, can Hope and Crosby be far behind? Here they are, Bob and Bing.
4: Say, Bing, you got
12: a minute? Oh, sure, Bob. I got all the time in the world.
4: Don't tell me you own that, too.
12: Oh, Never mind that stuff. Get
13: to work with really? it. Okay, folks, better-tasting Chesterfield is the only cigarette that combines for you mildness with no unpleasant aftertaste. And you can prove that yourself. Just make our mildness test. Buy Chesterfields, then open them and enjoy that milder, mellow aroma. Now light one up. And you'll know Chesterfield's milder because it smokes milder. And Chesterfield leaves no unpleasant aftertaste. That fact has been confirmed by the country's first and only cigarette taste panel.
12: Yes, mildness and no unpleasant aftertaste are what you and I and every
13: smoker want. Hurry up, Dad. Here comes the music. Chesterfield, Chesterfield,
7: always takes first place. Mm-hmm. That milder, mild tobacco never leaves an aftertaste.
12: Oh-ho, open a pack and give them a smell. Then
7: you smoke them.
2: Now let me see, now let me see if I've learned these answers. Who invented the cotton gin? Eli Whitney. Who invented the phonograph? Thomas Edison. Hello Tallulah. Uh, Oh, hello Phil Baker. No, I was uh, I was just thinking about you You have a quiz program on NBC right now, haven't you, darling?
3: That's right, tonight at 10 o'clock The $64 question program
2: Oh, I'd give anything to be on that program
3: Really? Well, I have the questions right here with me Would you like to be a contestant? Uh, this is too easy <laughs> Okay, here we go And here is our first contestant for tonight Madam, would you step a little closer, please? Uh, what is your name?
2: Eli Whitney <laughs> Uh, What was the question again?
3: I simply asked, what is your name?
2: Oh, my name, my name is Tallulah Bankhead.
3: Well, there's a lot of folks here tonight from Tallulah Bankhead. (laughs) Tell me, Miss Bankhead, where are you from?
2: Where am I from? Yeah. Well, originally I'm from Alabama, but I just been to Mexico City visiting with some friends. And you see, we all been up to Sun Valley on our way over to Paris and San Francisco. Well, and these friends of mine from Chicago, they invited me to come here all to New York, and I've been visiting here with some fellas from Washington, D.C.
3: Well, that's over the hill. Here we go. Uh, you mean uh, Washington TV, don't you?
2: Oh, I don't know anything about those things. <laughs> if you say so, I guess it's so, but I just don't know anything.
3: You want to try it with a $64 question?
2: Oh, I don't know anything about money. <laughs> But if you give it to me, I'll take it.
3: All right, let's get to the first question. For one dollar, who invented the cotton gin?
2: Eli Whitney.
3: Correct. You win one dollar. Now, do you want to take the dollar and quit and go on up to Sun Valley and have a big party, or do you want to try it too?
2: Oh, it was a good tip. I'll try for it.
3: Okay, here's the question.
2: Who invented? Thomas Edison.
3: Correct. Wait a minute. I haven't even asked you the question yet. How did you know the answer?
2: I told you I get good tips. <laughs> a friend of mine gave me that tip.
3: Yeah, what's his name?
2: Oh, a fella I met when I was in Boston. A fella named Fred Allen. Oh,
3: Bagsy Allen. Yeah, I know. Him.
2: His name is Fred. <laughs> Now, Phil, please, why don't you try to get along with Fred? You know he's just a little sensitive about quiz shows. What did
3: I do? I walked in here this morning, and all I said was, How are you, Fred?
2: Oh, is that all you said? That's all.
3: How are you? He answered, Fine, and I gave him a dollar.
2: Well, I, I don't understand why I should get mad at that. There must have been something else. What else did he say?
3: Not much. After that, I just said, How are you doing on television? He said, Fine, so I took the dollar back.
2: Well, darling, you have a habit of carrying that too far. I mean, now, my last birthday, did you have to send me $64?
3: Well, I'm sorry, Tallulah. That's as high as we go.
2: (laughs) Now, let's get to the jerk-pot question. Phil, would you mind playing something on that accordion you seem to have dragged along with you? Something, shall we say, like uh, stardust, darling?
0: suffer from pains of headache, neuritis, or neuralgia, you should discover what many thousands have known for years, that anacin brings incredibly fast, effective relief. Anacin is like a doctor's prescription. That is, anacin contains not just one, but a combination of medically proven active ingredients in easy-to-take tablet form. Probably at some time you have received an envelope containing anacin tablets from your physician or dentist. Thousands of people have been introduced to Anacin this way. Try Anacin yourself the next time you suffer from the pains of headache, neuritis, or neuralgia. You'll be delighted at how quickly relief can come. Anacin is spelled A-N-A-C-I-N. Your druggist has Anacin in handy boxes of twelve and thirty tablets, and economical family-sized bottles of fifty and one hundred for your medicine cabinet. Ask for Anacin today.
2: Now, Fred Allen and Phil Baker. Come over here, you two. Coming, Mother. I want you both.
6: <laughs>
2: Fred, I want you both to promise you'll we'll be friends. Now, Phil, will you. Do you promise to be nicer to Fred? I do. Fred, do you promise to stop needling Phil about his quiz show? I do. I now pronounce you truth and consequences. <laughs>
13: Fred, now that we're friends, tell me, what exactly have you got against quiz shows? Well, I'm not against all of the quiz shows, Phil I was watching a quiz show on television all last week that was really different What quiz show was that? The bookmaker meets the critics
7: (laughs) Oh,
3: that show, that's the only quiz show where if the contestant doesn't answer the question, he gets the big prize
13: Ten years (laughs) That's why it's sponsored by time They give it to you Yes, and the jackpot is life. (laughs) Well, Phil, uh, let's get serious for the moment. Yes, let's do. (laughs) More serious than we have been. What I mean about the kind of quiz show that you do, Philip, is the questions you ask. They're so easy. Why, an imbecile can answer them.
3: Yeah? Well, Mr. Allen, here's a question I'm using on my show tonight. What is the formula
13: for nuclear fission? Answer that. Well, it so happens that I am not an imbecile. Oh, you
3: just saw that other quiz shows are so popular And that quiz show you were doing on television wasn't popular
13: I never did a quiz show on television
3: So why did everybody go around saying, did
13: you see the Fred Allen show? What is it? Look, I was only on television long enough for people to say, what was it? Don't talk
3: to me about my quiz show, Fred Allen I remember you from Vaudeville. I caught you in Toledo one day when you finished your act, there wasn't a sound of applause and some woman in the audience started spanking her baby and you went out and stole three bows. That's the first bow you took in months because I heard your spine
13: snap. Now, wait a minute. Let me...
2: <laughs> Phil, stop that!
13: Now, I caught you in vaudeville, too, Mr. Baker. You and that Wurlitzer lavalier you had
2: Gentlemen, please
13: I remember your act distinctly You had three midgets in your act You had to have somebody in the act you could look down on And you had three midgets And when you laid off, you were too cheap to feed them You shaved the midgets, put talcum powder on them And put the midgets in an orphan asylum until you got another job oh.
5: That's how I did it, know, Fred, stop that. Here. Uh, maybe I can help you out, Miss I Frankhead. Doubt it. Paul
2: and Hoffa, you're just in time.
5: <clears throat>
2: Paul and darling, I'm having so much trouble with these two men. Well, yes, well, I done.
5: heard it. Fred, don't talk like that to Phil.
13: Phil? That's more than he ever did to theaters.
3: Now listen, Alan, I don't want to insult an old man. If you'd have been Vaudeville a year
13: sooner, you'd have been a monkey act. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. You with that stomach Steinway that you All carry. Right.
5: Fred. Now stop There's that. Wait a
13: minute, wait a minute yes. <laughs> Stomach Steinway.
5: Remember you want play what... <laughs> on words. There's a Steinway. Fred
13: Oh, I excuse me. Fred, yeah. Remember
5: what I told you at a time like this?
13: Consem- contemplate Oh, yeah You put a ness <laughs> Who ever heard of a an ness And contemplate <laughs> Pointing a word And the mint is closed
2: now,
13: <laughs> All right, I shall contemplate Now, but not out loud
2: You
5: see, Miss Bankhead It works What was you said, Fulton, darling? How did you get him to stop? Well, it's a little poem I made up Whenever you lose your temper You recite this poem to yourself You're always losing your temper. It can help you. Your poem will help me control my temper. How does it go? To compose myself in times of stress, I contemplate my watercress. Oh, no. (laughs) While others rant and show distress, I contemplate my watercress
2: A watercress?
5: Tallulah, darling, if you will try You too can do the same as I When all seems lost and life's a mess Just contemplate your (laughs) watercress
2: Yes Now why don't you go sit over there And do some contemplating Portland, darling? (laughs) Hey, Phil, you ought to try that thing out. It it really works.
3: Yes, I can just see myself carrying around a lot of watercress in a soggy
2: bag.
5: You leave my name out of this. (laughs) Now, now, Tallulah, contemplate.
2: Oh, all right. To compose myself in times of stress, I contemplate my watercress. While others rant and show distress, I'm sitting home contemplating a revolt (laughs) Naughty, disgusting, moldy, limp spray of water,
6: crack.
0: Here's a word from RCA Victor. Friends, if you study the room you're in right now, you'll realize that you can't buy furnishings piece by piece without the final picture in mind. It's that way when you buy television, too. Now, here's how to get the most out of your television dollar. Consider the complete home entertainment picture, radio and records, as well as TV. Instead of having many instruments scattered about, why not settle for one fine cabinet that costs less and contains your complete home entertainment needs? Such a one-cabinet combination is the RCA Victor Rutland. Open the doors of the Rutland's 18th-century cabinet... And you'll find 17 inch minion proof television with its clear, steady pictures, AM and FM radio, and the Victrola 45 record changer, as well as a changer for 78 and 33 and a third speeds. Yes, so many more families are becoming television owners this week. If you're one of them, remember to see and listen to the exciting new Rutland at your RCA Victor dealers. <laughs>
2: Ladies and gentlemen, we have a big treat for you. A singer whom Ethel Waters calls the greatest riff singer of all time. She certainly has become one of America's most favorite song stylists. Her name, need I tell you, is Ella Fitzgerald. (laughs) Her song. (laughs) uh, Her song, Vincent Newman's Sometimes I'm Happy.
14: on you I never mind the rain from the skies If I can find the sun in your eyes Sometimes I love you Sometimes I hate you But when I hate you It's cause I love you That's how I am Can I do? I'm happy, so happy when I'm with you. Sometimes I'm happy. Sometimes I'm blue. On you i never mind the rain from the skies If I can find the sun Find the sunshine in your eyes Sometimes I love you Sometimes I hate you But when I It's cause I love you That's how I am So what can I do I'm happy
2: That was divine, divine Thank you, Tallulah They tell me you're a singer now, too Well, I don't like to miss it But I'm glad you did (laughs) Of course, you and I don't sing the same way Well, I'm glad you mentioned that (laughs) Well, darling I'd like to make a recording of Sometimes I'm Happy Instead of just singing Give My Regards to Broadway All the time I could do a good job of it, too Sometimes I'm happy Sometimes I'm blue But disposition depends on
6: you. Tallulah,
14: the words are different, but the melody lingers
2: on. (laughs) Well, thank you, Ella, darling. Well, let's linger a moment now before we go on with the rest of our show. When we're going to hear Ethel Waters sing, to say nothing of Eddie Fisher, and we have Johnny Burke coming up, and Eddie Cantor and Fred Allen and the whole cast will be back. But first, Ed Hurley wants to say...
0: This portion of the program has been brought to you by Chesterfield, the cigarette that has for you what every smoker wants, mildness with no unpleasant aftertaste, the best cigarette for you to smoke, by the makers of Anacin, for fast relief from the pain of headache, neuritis and neuralgia, and by RCA Victor, world leader in radio, first in recorded music, first in television. And now, Tallulah, if you ring your chimes.
2: Thank you, Ed. This, darlings, is NBC, the national broadcasting company.
0: This is the big show And Tallulah Bankhead is about to hail a taxi
2: Yes, darlings, I hailed a taxi on my way to the studio the other day And who should be driving it But Eddie Cantor's new delightful television character Maxie the taxi Oh, taxi, taxi, taxi
4: Yes, ma'am, where to, lady?
2: NBC driving, I'm in a hurry, I'm in a hurry Yes, ma'am well, what are you waiting
4: for? Uh, is the gentleman coming too? What gentleman? The one who yelled taxi.
2: <laughs> that was I. Oh.
4: Oh, I had a cold myself last week.
2: <laughs> Say
4: lady, you know something? You're familiar.
2: Yes, I am. <laughs> I think I have seen you before. Look, Drive, I wish you'd hurry. If I don't get rehearsals on time, my producer will be furious.
4: Your producer? Is that your boss? My boss?
2: <laughs> Darling, I have no boss. I do exactly as I please.
4: Then what's your hurry?
2: That producer will fire me.
4: Don't you worry, lady. Maxie, the taxi will get you there on time. Now-
2: What did I do with that radio script? I simply must study my lines. Oh, here it is, here it is, here it is.
4: You know, lady, it's a funny thing about life.
2: Oh, dear, he's one of those drivers.
4: (laughs) What about life? Did you ever get the feeling you met somebody before?
2: No, but I'm getting the feeling I never want to meet somebody again.
4: (laughs) You still look familiar.
2: Well, naturally. You see, I'm Miss Bankhead. Bankhead? Bankhead?
4: Say, you're not Nellie Bankhead. Who? Who? Nellie Bankhead about 10 years ago over New Jersey the dame who hacked the guy up with a saw
2: Was he a radio producer? No Then it wasn't I (laughs) Uh, Look darling, let me put your mind to rest where it belongs There is only one Bankhead, that's Tallulah, and I'm it
4: Tallulah Bankhead Are you the Tallulah Bankhead who's on the radio Sunday nights?
2: Now, don't tell me they've got one on Wednesday nights That's NBC for you The minute my back is turned Well,
4: well, well, Tallulah Bankhead Now I got something to tell my grandfather
2: Grandfather? You mean you have something to tell your grandchildren
4: No, 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 I mean my grandfather My grandchildren wouldn't know what I was talking about But my grandfather would know (laughs) I knew you were somebody important By the way you dress Hey, that's a very classy fur coat you got on, Miss Bankia
2: Oh, do you like it, driver? I got this since I started working for NBC
4: Funny thing, only last week I was driving a girl who got herself a fur coat just like that
2: Oh, really? Does she work for NBC?
4: No, RFC (laughs) You know something? My wife's always hounding me for a fur coat you ought to meet her She thinks you're great
2: Oh, she sounds very sweet and very intelligent
7: Yeah, every week,
4: yes, sir no matter what the rest of the family says, she's got to hear you. Like last week, hey Maxie, she says like that, hey Maxie, it's six o'clock, so I say, so it's six o'clock, so what? So she says, tune in NBC, the foghorn is on.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
4: oh, she's a great little kid of the wife, always listens to the radio. Do you listen
2: much, Miss Banquet? I can't, you see, when I'm on the air, naturally I can't listen to myself. When I'm off the air, what is there to listen to? (laughs) Uh, Thank you, darling. do I sound conceited?
4: Why, not at all. You believe you're good, so you should keep right on believing. It's all right.
2: Well, of course, people say I am conceited, but it's really sheer nonsense. If they really understood me, they'd realize that I'm twice as good as I think I am.
4: (laughs) By the way, Miss Bankett, who you got on the show this week?
2: Oh, well, uh, let me see this. Uh, Jan Pierce, Ella Fitzgerald, Eddie Fisher, Ethel Waters, Meredith Wilson, Phil Baker, Fred Allen, Portland Hoffer, Johnny Burke, and oh, yes, Eddie Cantor. Eddie Cantor, now he's good. You think so?
4: <laughs> Why,
2: you don't? He should be driving a taxicab. <laughs> That's
4: what I keep telling my brother in law. What a no good Nick. Eddie Cantor? No, no, my brother in law. Oh. What a character he is When he suddenly appears at a house Nobody ever says Look who dropped in It's always Look who broke out You know what I mean? (laughs) Ah, but that's life That's what I always say
2: Is that what you always say? Yep How clever of you (laughs) Now I want to study this script Um, uh, Well, darlings I simply must tell you What happened to me this week Now you take meat Oh, no what about meat?
4: Who can afford it? The prices these days. Let me ask you a question, Miss Bankett. What do you got in your refrigerator at home? Oh, the usual, tomato juice, what's your sauce,
2: Tabasco. Have you got any idea what that stuff costs? It's terrible. Uh, let me ask you a question. But why am I telling you all this? There goes my question.
4: You know what prices are. You're a housewife. Take, for example, when you get up early in the morning and go shopping at the supermarket.
2: When I get up when and go where?
4: Just look at the prices. Then add up what it costs for one meal at home. For instance, when did you cook your last meal at home?
2: Well, now let me see. And Mrs. O'Leary and I were out getting some eggs and the cow kicked over the lamp.
4: <laughs> well, I get it from this remark, you do very little cooking at home. It must be rather lonely living alone. What are you driving at? Well, I've been hearing this uh, Judy Holiday something on your show, you know, talking about marriage. Well.
2: You are single, I take it? I am Why? Nobody would take it (laughs) Oh, wait a minute, driver Wait a minute, you
4: just passed 50th Street Oh, I'm sorry, forgive me We'll have to go to the 49th Street entrance At 50th Street is a sign bearing the warning No left turn There's also an officer of the law To add meaning to the sign
2: Well, this is a free country We're all equals You tell him I'm to do the bank and I demand to be let through
4: Please, take my word Any other time, any other place in America, yes But at 50th Street where the sign says no left turn And the policeman is leaning on the sign Believe me, there is no free speech (laughs) Well, here we are, lady, NBC Now, what do I owe you, driver? Miss Pankhead, you owe me nothing
2: Well, thank you
4: However, the meter you owe 95 cents
2: Uh, Well, here's a dollar. Keep the change.
4: It figures. Well, it's been a pleasure talking
2: to you, Miss Bankhead. Thank you.
4: And take my word for it, you're doing wonderful on the radio, especially for a girl who is only in her early twenties.
2: Only in my. Oh, darling, I don't believe I gave you a tip.
4: Believe me, you didn't.
2: Well, here, here, darling, it's five dollars. Five bucks. Five
4: bucks. Gee, thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, don't
2: miss it. Good night, Doc.
4: Good night. How do you like that? Five bucks just for saying she is in her early 20s? Of course, where I'm going for making a statement like that, what good is paper money?
2: Eddie for a wonderful ride, and here, ladies and gentlemen, is another Eddie, discovered by Eddie Cantor, a thrilling, new, young, singing talent, who leaves in a few short weeks for the Army. Eddie Fisher sings, Bring Back the Thrill.
12: When you cared When hand in hand I thought you, only you'd understand Bring back the thrill Of the wonderful life that we planned with you, for we loved and we laughed in the sun, and the time that we spent was such fun, but I never thought we could part. thrill
2: Fisher. Come here, darling. I want to talk to you. You're going into the army, I understand.
12: That's right, Miss Bankhead.
2: At uh, which army, darling? The blue or the grey? <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, Eddie, we all wish you the very best of luck, as you know. And take care of that beautiful voice of yours. Have you wired ahead to the camp for a nice room? <laughs> wired, wired for a room? Well, darling, everybody's going. It'll be awfully crowded. You don't want to be left out in the cold. You might get there and they won't, uh, there won't be any room for you. Who can be that lucky? <laughs> well, you don't have to take my word for it, Eddie, because we have a gentleman on the show this week who has soldiered all his life. He'll tell you exactly what you can expect. I refer to none other than the sad sack from the draft of 1917, Johnny Burke.
11: Miss Bankhead, this'll give you an idea how much the army improved after they got me out of it. (laughs) When they called me down to the draft board to volunteer, (laughs) it it was supposed to be selective service, just like this last time. Selective nothing, they took everybody. (laughs) If you could see lightning and hear thunder, you were in. The line outside the place was so long I thought before they could reach my turn, the war would be over. First time I ever saw a line where everybody was willing for you to get in front. When I went inside, I didn't know everybody in the place. The man sitting at the desk that had charge of the draft board used to be our garbage collector. He looked at me, he says, are you John Burke? I says, yes sir. He says, what's your name? I said, August Schulz. He said, are you alien? I said, no, I feel all right.
6: <laughs>
11: He's answered the question, August, where were you born? I said, I was born in, in Toluca. He says, when? I said, during the lull in the conversation.
6: <laughs> he said, what
11: I'm trying to find out is how you are. I'll be twenty-three. The first of September. He's the first of September. You'll be in France. That'll be the last of August. <laughs> then the veterinary came in to examine me.
6: <laughs>
11: "You ever have typhoid fever, measles, or mumps?" I said, "No, sir." He "Do you take fits?" I'd only when i drink toilet water. <laughs> he said, What's the most you ever weighed? i 180 pounds. He said, What's the least? I said, Seven pounds, eight ounces. <laughs> family suffer from insanity? I said, no, they all seem to enjoy it. (laughs) He said, take off your clothes. I said, don't overlook anything, Doc. He says, you shut your mouth and cough. I sneezed, and he wrote Floating Kidneys. Worked at me about an hour. Finally, I says, how do I stand, Doc? He says, that's what surprises me. He said, I've examined about 14,000 men in this division, but you're the most perfect physical wreck of all of them. And he handed me a Class 1A card. Four weeks later, I arrived at Camp Dix. I wish you see the barracks they put me in. Instead of screens out in the window, they had chicken wire. The only insects that kept out was buzzards and eagles. I donated a pint of blood the first night to the mosquitoes. I woke up starved. I said to a fellow, I could eat a horse. He says, You came to the right place. (laughs) He was right. The first meal I got, I knew why they called it mess. (laughs) The officers ate in the officers' club with tables and tablecloths. We ate out in the street where we couldn't smell what we were going to (laughs) get. The eggs they gave me, the chickens were glad to get rid of. I started to eat a bowl of rice pudding and two raisins walked out. I got a cup of coffee and I had to tie my keys on a lump of sugar to make it sink. Sip, and I put the rest in my fountain pen. (laughs) Every day was some kind of inspection. One morning, five below zero, they call us all outside for underwear inspection. (laughs) You talk about scenery. A cold. I went over to the quartermaster department. I said to the fellow, I gotta have some long underwear. He says, How long do you want it? I said, All winter. <laughs> he gave me a union suit that fit Joe Lewis three times. <laughs> the tailboard hung down like a trailer. <laughs> when they lined us up, the captain looked to the back of the line and he hollered, Brick, stand up. <laughs> I diagonally standing up. It's the underwear that's sitting down. <laughs> we stood out there freezing the fellow next to me said, boy, I'm cold. I just came up from Atlanta, Georgia. Down there, the heat was intense. I said, boy, you were lucky. Up here, they won't even put it in the barracks. <laughs> I was so cold that I got a big quart of whiskey and a fellow named Jones and I drank it. When it was finished, I saw something wrong with Jones. I went down to the doctor. I said, doctor, you better come up and see Jones I think he's going blind. He said, what happened? I said, well, we drank a quart of whiskey. He said, does he see any pink elephants running around the floor? I said, no, that's the trouble. They're there, but he don't see them. <laughs> marching down the pier to go on board the boat. I had more hard luck. The sergeant who was marching my company stuttered. (laughs) It took them so long to say halt, 27 of us marched overboard. (laughs) They pulled me up out of the water on the deck of the boat and the captain hollered, fall in, I said, I've been in. 12 days, 12 days seasick, 12 days leaning over the rail, everything coming up and nothing going down. (laughs) One morning early, just at daybreak, I felt terrible. I was leaning extra far. (laughs) And right in the middle of one of my best leans, (laughs) the captain of the boat came up, hit me on the back, and says, What company are you in? I said, I'm by myself. He said, Don't get perturbed. What I want to find out is the Brigadier up yet? I said, If I swallowed it, it's up. (laughs) That afternoon, the boat stopped. I said to the fellow, I guess we dropped the anchor. He said, I knew they'd lose it. It's been hanging outside since we left New York. (laughs) Another fellow rushed up to me and said, Get in the lifeboats. Quick, we're torpedoed. We're sinking. Like what I got in, upset as it hit the water. The only ones left in it was the second lieutenant and me. Right away, he started giving me orders. He could reach over there and the boys come up, grab him by the hair of the head and pull him out of the water into the boat. Well, I was doing it and one fella came up bald headed. He hollered, help me. I says, you get down, come up right. <laughs>
2: Well, our thanks for a most amusing account of life in the Yankee Army. And now, ladies and gentlemen, there's another great voice yet to be heard from. She, too, is a dramatic actress who can sing. There are so few of us, you know, darling. But <laughs> <laughs> well, here is one whose name is synonymous with some of the most remembered songs of our time. Stormy Weather, Cabin in the Sky, Heat Wave, Dinah. I can name a score of them. But here she is to sing... Happiness is a thing called Joe, Miss Ethel Waters. Little Joe,
6: little, joy, little joy.
10: It seems like
14: happiness is just.
10: A thing called
14: Joe He has a smile That makes the lilac wanna grow
10: He has
14: a way
10: That makes the angels even sigh When they know Little Joe Is passing by Sometimes The cabin's gloomy And the table's bare But when He kisses me
14: It's Christmas everywhere Troubles fly
6: away And life is easy
14: But does he love
10: me good That's all I want to know Because my happiness is just a thing called Joe. Makes the angels heave a sigh when they know
14: my little Joe is passing by. everywhere Troubles flow your way and life is easy go
10: But does he love me good That's all I want to know because my happiness is just a thing called Joe,
6: little Joe, little Joe, little Joe.
10: Little
14: Joe?
2: Darling, there's nothing can follow a song from
10: you. Thanks, Tallulah. And if that's the case, I guess I'll be going now.
14: Wait a minute, Ethel. I'll go with you.
2: All right, Ella. Oh, you ladies leaving. I thought the three of us might sit around a while and sing some songs to each other. Oh, Jan Pierce, how about you joining our little trio?
8: Be glad to. Three chicks and a cluck.
13: (laughs) Well, good night, Kalula.
2: Oh, Fred, you going? Did you enjoy being with us? When are you coming back? Oh,
13: questions, questions. All the time, questions.
5: Now, Fred, remember...
13: Well, all right, Portland. Let's go home and contemplate some watermelon, Fritchie. <laughs>
12: <laughs> Miss and I want to thank you for having me on your show.
2: Oh, Eddie Fisher, best wishes for you in the Army. And when you get there, darling, be sure to tell them that I said to make you a captain.
12: A captain? <laughs> you have to start out as a private and... And work your way up. Goes private, corporal, sergeant, lieutenant, captain, major, colonel, general, and... civilian.
2: <laughs> Will you be sure to go right to the top, Eddie. Godspeed,
3: well, darling. So long, Tillow. I've got to rush over and do my $64 question show.
2: So nice of had you here, Phil. I may say success agrees with you. You seem to have filled out quite a bit.
3: <laughs> oh, that's not me. I'm wearing my accordion under my coat. What's your excuse?
2: Oh... Uh... <laughs>
4: Isn't he sad?
2: Oh, Eddie Cat, are you leaving too? Uh, yes, and please, no remarks about my weight Oh, I wouldn't think of it, darling You've always kept your figure, haven't you, Eddie? Jealous? Oh, no, no, no It has always been a wonder to me how you do it How much do you weigh? I weighed myself just
4: last night I weigh 142 Stripped? Oh, no, the drugstore was too crowded <laughs> Good
2: night, Tallulah Good night, Johnny Burks, darling Thanks so much for your wonderful stories about the army Thank you Well, darlings... That's all the time we have tonight. But if you're with us again next week, you're going to hear Don Cornell, Jimmy Durante, Rex Harrison, Judy Holliday, Carmen Miranda, Lily Palmer, and others, and, of course, our very own Meredith Wilson and the Big Show Orchestra and Chorus. And until then, may the good Lord bless and keep you, whether near or far away, Ella... May you find
14: that long-awaited golden day today, Phil.
3: May your troubles
12: all be small ones
3: and your fortune
0: ten times ten.
13: Fred, may the good Lord bless and keep you till we meet again, Portland.
5: May you walk with sunlight shining And a bluebird in every tree Eddie?
8: May there be a silver
4: lining Back of every cloud you see Ethel? Fill your dreams with sweet
10: tomorrows Never mind what might have been Johnny? Johnny? May the good
13: Lord bless and keep you till we meet again. Meredith,
12: may you long recall each rainbow. Then you'll soon forget the rain. Eddie Fisher, may the warm and tender memories be the ones that will remain. Jen.
8: Fill your dreams with sweet tomorrows. Never mind what
2: might have been. May the good Lord bless and keep you until we meet again. My darlings, and God to our armed forces all over the world who hear these broadcasts each week.
0: The big show is produced and directed by D. Engelbach and written by Goodman Ace, with Selma Diamond, George Foster, Mort Green, and Frank Wilson. This is Ed Hurley he speaking. <laughs> with Phil Harris and Alice Faye and later Theater Guild on NBC.